This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Nine Lives with Dr. Cat is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health. And by Fear Free Pets and iHeartCats.com. Cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. I have with me today Dr. Bill Miller, who is a veterinary ophthalmologist or eye specialist, and I'm really excited to talk with him today to educate my listeners about all things eye. So we're going to get a word from our sponsors and be right back with Dr. Miller. Hey, cat people. Litter box smells always on your mind. Think about your cat, not the box, with World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that delivers big odor control in a tiny package. World's Best Cat Litter harnesses the concentrated power of corn to trap odors deep inside the litter. Ready to knock out smells and use less litter? Find World's Best Cat Litter at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. When Helen Brown ran away to New York City five years ago, she had no idea that a homeless cat with a punk rock haircut and enough catitude to light up the Empire State Building would be the one to teach her the true meaning of love and a forever home. In the tradition of her internationally best-selling memoir, Cleo, Helen Brown's Bono, The Amazing Story of a Rescue Cat Who Inspired a Community, is a heartwarming true story about a woman without an anchor a homeless cat without much hope, and finding a forever home in the city that never sleeps. Modern Cat Magazine calls Bono an uplifting tale about how everyone deserves love and a second chance. Bono by Helen Brown is on sale now everywhere. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. And today we're talking about cat eyes with Dr. Bill Miller. Welcome, Dr. Miller. Thank you, Dr. Brown. So I'd like for you to start by telling everyone who you are and what you do, because I think maybe some people don't even know that what you do exists. Well, I'm Dr. Bill Miller. I'm a veterinary ophthalmologist with Arkansas Veterinary Emergency and Specialists. And uh, I'm a board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist with the American College of Veterinary Ophthalmology. Essentially, a veterinary ophthalmologist is the uh, veterinary equivalent of what your human physician is. We do all the same things an MD ophthalmologist would do, except we do it on a larger variety of species. We pretty much go through the same training. After four years of veterinary school, you do an internship, and then uh, you apply for it or accept it into a residency. And following your ophthalmology residency, which is three years, you take a series of examinations, and if you pass those examinations, you become a board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist. So I guess you're a pretty good expert to talk to today about all things cat eyes. 
So I want to take this opportunity to educate my listeners about some of the things that can happen to their cat eyes and, and maybe how they might know when to seek help for those things. So could you tell us a little bit about about cat eyes and maybe how they differ from our own eyes or any details people might want to know about the general eye thing? Well, cat eyes differ from the human eye quite a bit. One of the most noticeable things about domestic cats is that domestic cats have a vertical pupil, whereas we have a circular pupil. Interestingly, large cats all have circular pupils as well. And that may be because of the way these cats are designed to hunt. Domestic cats tend to focus on small game and birds. And so having a pupil oriented vertically would give them an advantage. Whereas most large cats are game, are plains, uh, hunt plains game animals. And so a circular pupil would be of an advantage to them. The other thing about the cat's eye is they tend to have a reflective layer in the back of the eye. That's called the tapetum. And that enhances a cat's ability to see in dim light. So most cats are, are early morning, late evening, or at night hunters. And so having the tapetum gives them almost like having uh, night vision glasses for people. It just gives them an extra advantage for them to be able to see game at night. Some of the most common cat diseases we see are associated with infectious disease. Things like feline herpes, which causes uh, respiratory disease in cats, can also affect the eye. And those will see conjunctivitis, which is inflammation of the tissue that surrounds the eye. We can see keratitis, which is inflammation of the cornea, most often seen as superficial corneal ulcers. And then there's a large variety of other infectious diseases that can cause inflammation inside the eye. Things like toxoplasmosis, histoplasmosis, some of the viral diseases like feline leukemia uh, or feline infectious anemia, things like that can cause diseases inside the eye as well. Of course, cats do get cataracts, rarely compared to dogs and even more rarely compared to humans. Probably the most common surgical disease we see in cats are corneal ulcers, which often we have to treat with uh, surgical means such as doing a, a grafting-type procedure. And an interesting thing is about the older cat's eyes is we often see cats presented to the ophthalmologist even more than the internist for sudden vision loss. And many of these cats will end up having retinal detachments and retinal hemorrhages due to high blood pressure. And uh, the ophthalmologist is often the primary diagnoser of uh, high blood pressure in cats. And so those are just some of the things we'll see in, in cats' eyes from very early age to, to older cats. So my listeners might notice what clinical signs at home that might signify to them that, that one of these issues is going on with their cat's eyes. A good question. Uh, mostly what you're going to see are discharge from the eyes, redness around the eyes, or change in color of the cornea. That's the clear part of the eye any change in clearness within the eye, and then, of course, vision loss. Vision loss can be a little bit difficult to determine in cats because they are very adept at not showing some of these clinical signs that we would expect to see with vision loss. The biggest thing you're going to see is discharge from the eyes, rubbing at the eyes, change in color, especially the clear part of the eye or redness around the eye. So do cats act like their eyes hurt when things hurt them? Sometimes they will. They'll squint, but cats 
tend to not want to show many outward signs of pain or distress. And that probably has to do with not wanting to let another, you know, the way they've been designed is not want to let another animal in nature know that they're hurt. So cats will show signs of, of rubbing at the eye, swelling around the eyes. They may be off their feed, not wanting to eat, laying around, not as active as they are. The same thing that would cause signs that you might see in a cat that has discomfort from other parts of the body will show up as, as discomfort in the eye. So anytime you've got a cat that seems to be a little bit off, not feeling well, it's a good idea to get them into your primary care veterinarian where they can take it, do a good exam, good primary care veterinarian, always take a look at the eyes. And then if your veterinarian has a question, they're always welcome to call their local veterinary ophthalmologist to discuss the case, even if they don't need to refer it over. So I think that that is excellent. And almost every one of my shows, I say, develop a relationship with your veterinarian and ask questions of your veterinarian, because I think that that relationship is so important to keeping our pets happy and healthy. So I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. So there are some diseases that are considered ocular emergencies. Can you help maybe just shed some light on those things and maybe help my listeners know when it might be kind of critical that they get some help. Anytime your cat demonstrates a sudden onset of pain in the eye, holding it closed, excessive tearing, that's an indication that the eye may be damaged in some way. In the spring of the year, my practice sees an uptick in cats that have corneal lacerations. They may be going inside, especially inside outside cats. Or, or outside cats where they're coming in contact with other cats due to, to the breeding season of the cats in the spring of the year, and they're fighting for territory. So if I see a cat, especially if it's the left eye of a cat, because an interesting thing, somebody did a study a number of years ago and found out that most cats are right-handed. So if you got two cats facing each other and the cats uh, swipe at each other with their paws, most of the time if it's due to a cat injury, it'll be the left eye that's damaged because the cats are other cats right-handed. Oh, that's fascinating. I would have thought cats would have been left-handed because they just yes. yeah, they just seem like they would be left-handed. <laughs> well, so, somebody conducted a, a study a number of years ago and found out the majority of cats, just like the majority of people, are right-handed. Well, that is fascinating. Uh, you learn something new every day. You bet. As sudden vision loss in a cat is considered an emergency, and again, any unexplained change in eye color. And just like you mentioned about developing a relationship with your primary care veterinarian, I think that is absolutely critical. It's just as critical for the primary care veterinarian to develop a good relationship with specialists. There's just so much information out there that one person just can't keep up with all of it. Right. More developing relationships, which is what I love to recommend. Do you have any special cases that stand out? I have some that stand out that I've discussed with you, but do you have any that stand out that you, my listeners would like to hear about? Well, there's a lot of cases out there that are pretty interesting. Um, I was one time got called to a zoo to look at one of their lions that was actually having seizures. And so a lot of times we can look in the back of the eye and get an idea of what may be causing the, the seizure or the inappropriate brain activity. And uh, so I was looking at this cat and I was seeing these lesions that are often associated with parasite migration in the eye. And I was just fascinating with these lesions and I was telling everybody and I kind of noticed that I wasn't having to lean over as far. 
And so I was looked up, and all of a sudden I noticed that I was the only person sitting in the cage with this cat. And the reason was the anesthetic was wearing off, and the cat was lifting its head up. And, of course, I was so fascinated with the lesions in the back of the eye, I didn't realize the cat was starting to wake up. So I kind of uh, abruptly ended the exam and decided it was time to get out of there. Yeah, maybe you should have developed a better relationship with the handlers so they wouldn't have just run away and left you there. <laughs> Probably so. That's a good. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind the next time I have to look at a line. Um, of course, we've got lots of, of fascinating eye diseases in cats, and, and every one of them has their own distinct personality. Some of the most rewarding cases are the older cats we see that come in for vision loss, and their owners are distraught because these cats are blind. We diagnose high blood pressure, we get them on an antihypertensive medication, and 80% of them, I'd say, if we catch early, within five to seven days, their cats have their vision back, and they're feeling better, and they're back to being the cat they had before they lost the vision. And those are probably some of the most rewarding cases. And you mentioned if it's caught early, so that kind of goes back to if you have any suspicion at all, reach out to your primary care veterinarian because things need to be done. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in calling the primary care veterinarian anytime you've got a question about your cat, especially when it comes to the eyes. I've yet to be able to train a cat to pick up the phone and call me and describe what they're seeing with their eye problem. And so an attuned owner, an owner that is carefully observing their cat, if they see something that's questionable, I'll guarantee you, primary, good primary care veterinarians don't mind talking with you about, about the case and don't mind seeing the case. And then if there's a, if it needs further evaluation, your primary care veterinarian can always contact the specialist. Well, I think one of the most interesting things for all my listeners, Dr. Miller taught me ophthalmology when I was in veterinary school. And so we maintained a relationship and I would ask him about cases and things. And I remember long time ago, I had a weird case, an ocular case, and I remember sending him a photo of it. And he said, oh, I think I know what that is. I want you to run this particular test. And he was right just from a photo. So don't underestimate the the art of veterinary medicine, veterinarians and especially veterinary specialists are very, very good at what they do. Do you remember that case, Dr. Miller? I don't, Dr. Prim, but, <laughs> but I see so many. And, and the thing about it is you and I have maintained a great relationship over years. So we actually probably consult on about four or five, six cases a year, uh, even though you're in one end of Tennessee and I was on the other. That's the beautiful thing about these smartphones is not only did, can we talk about the case and text about the case, but we can actually see pictures of the case. And that's really helpful. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, it turned out to be a case of cat scratch fever that ended up in the eye. Yeah, and you knew what it was. And I ran the tests you suggested and um, was able to help the cat and help the people too. So I don't want anyone out there to underestimate the amazingness of the specialists. Well, we're always willing to help. So is there anything else that you think that cat lovers need to know about cat eyes. We talked about discharge and discomfort and infectious diseases. What about these infectious diseases? Can any of them be vaccinated for? Well, certainly herpes can be vaccinated for. And, you know, when you come to start asking me about vaccines, uh, to be quite honest with you, 
my own animals see a primary care vet veterinarian. <laughs> I haven't vaccinated an animal in years. I get reminder cards in the mail or a phone call saying, hey, uh, uh, Stanley, who is my cat's name, needs to come in for his annual. Okay, so I take Stanley in for his annual, just like anybody else does. Okay, well, I can say that there are some vaccines. <laughs> Since I'm a primary care veterinarian, there are some vaccines that these issues can be avoidable. So reach out to your own veterinarian to find out what you can do to help offset some of these risks. So I am so grateful that you joined us here today, and I am in awe of your awesomeness and glad that you took the time out to talk with us today about cat eyes. I want to thank our producer, Mark Winter, for his also continued awesomeness in helping to produce this show. And I want all of my cat-loving listeners out there to have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's Veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. 